Hello, and thank you for joining us again on our Gilmore Girls podcast, Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. Gilmore Girls is the coffee, and we're the shot of cynicism. I'm Jeffrey. I'm Eleni, sorry. Who's eating a cookie and is distracted. I'm so sorry. And this week, we are going to be discussing episodes 17 and 18 Mm. of season two, or as I like to call them, filler episodes. Do you agree they're kind of filler episodes? Yes and no. 17, I feel like, is a filler yeah, episode. Yeah, that's why I said yes and no, because I think 17 is way more of a filler episode than 18. 18 is more entertaining, but 17, I'm like, I was bored. I was entertained during 17. Okay. Maybe I was just, maybe I was just feeling bitter yesterday when, when I rewatched it. Oh, well. Too bad. Uh, but yeah, I definitely, I think 17 was more filler than 18. Yes. Before we dive into that, I wanted to bring up... Um, something that Eleni posted on our social media a few weeks ago. I'm always getting in trouble. Yes, you are. Yeah. She, uh... So you know what, Jeffrey? Do better and take over the social media accounts then. Uh, no thanks. Um, (laughs) no. I have faith in you until I disagree, okay? So, like, every week. (laughs) Yes, so... He loses faith in me weekly. (laughs) So, um, a few weeks ago, um, the sequel to... What's it called? All the Boys I've Loved Before called P.S. I Still Love You came out on Netflix. Uh-huh. And Eleni compared... I didn't compare. Yes, it was compared. It was not comparing. <laughs> Eleni compared Peter Kavinsky, the male lead in that series, to Jess from Gilmore Girls. And I'm I like, didn't compare. How is... Okay, let me, I'm going to find the tweet. Please. I, I didn't compare. I'm gonna what I was doing was, I was trying... Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> When I post stuff on Twitter, I try to be relevant. Okay? So I saw trending. P.S. I Still Love You was trending. So I was like, we need to get in on this bandwagon. And also, kind of my motivation for doing it was also the fact that, like, I wanted to see where our fan base, like, falls in age. Yeah. (laughs) Because I can kind of feel like the people who love Peter Kavinsky are more, like, teenagers now. Okay. I was going to say, what? more like Dean. Dean what? Like they like Dean? No. Okay. Uh, That's insulting, actually. I'm yeah, sorry. what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was trying to see, like, where like where the diehard Gilmore Girls fans were mm-hmm. versus, like, oh, it's the next best thing. You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't I think just... it's incorrect to say that um, the fans of P.S. I Still Love You and Gilmore Girls kind of intersect. Like, I feel like it's I kind of... I think so. Like, I feel like... Fans of Gilmore Girls would be interested in that series. In uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Yeah. Should we give them a bit a, a brief rundown on what on what that series is if they're unfamiliar? Are you living under a rock? Like, what the fuck? Okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe they're not up on YA literature slash Netflix movies. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay, well... Looking at so, me like that. <laughs> so it's... Uh, these are movies that are based on a trilogy of books by Jenny Han, mm-hmm. who... So it's like... The the first book was called To All the Boys I've Loved Before, and then... In which Lara Jean sends yes. five letters. Well, she doesn't send them. She writes five letters to five of her crushes, and then her sister sends them out. Yeah. And which then, you learn later. You don't, know, you don't know who sends them out until later. That was dumb. Yeah. But whatever. I thought it was cute at the time, but now I'm like... I. Uh, no, it's not dumb. Mm, rephrase. It's not dumb. It's that in the movie, like, why is this the longest pause ever? <laughs> in the movie, <laughs> in the movie, she says, like, 
she's complaining to her dad about where are my letters, whatever. And like the camera pans to her sister right away. You're like, yeah. obviously <laughs> she did it. Yeah. In the book, it was a little less obvious. So yeah, that's why I said it was, yeah. But I also love the the the, the actress and the character of her sister. Her she's Canadian. In the movie, she's hilarious, especially in P.S. I Still Love You, where she's like trying to get her dad and the neighbor together. Yeah, and she's, she's like glitter on the fucking card. <laughs> and she's like, "That's a metaphor, Lara Jean." I'm like, no, hilarious. she's a really cute. Yes. Listen, they're cutesy movies. Like they're really like yeah. It's it appeals to like people who love who love good old fashioned rom coms. I, I think like. so. Yeah. But they're just like more teen centric. Yeah. They're, that being said, but like I feel like I the, would love on Peter Kavinsky. Yeah. <laughs> they're teen centric to a fault, I find, because I feel like the I feel like the character of Lara Jean appeals to like grown women. Yeah, also, for sure. I think so. Grown men. Yeah. Too. But I mean, it's also <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also this the. Um, so it's, it's representation too, because it's like an it's like. No. Oh, yeah, it's like the first... Well, Jenny Han that wrote them is Asian and of Asian descent, shall we say. Yeah. And so are the characters. Um, but I think it's also the fact that um, Lara Jean doubts herself a lot. Yeah, it's, she's, she's very relatable. Like she's, she's very, Yeah, that's what I mean. She's very relatable in the sense that like her internal monologue, I think we've all felt yeah. that way. And that, that's what resonates with people regardless of age, probably. That's why yeah. I think it's, it's very popular. Yeah. Okay, put aside the fact that they're very good-looking guys that are playing the roles. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I love it more for Lara Jean than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, it's cute when you watch them at the Ferris wheel and whatever. But, like, yeah. I love it more for her because she's quirky, she's funny, she's relatable. And pretty sure I told you, right, like, the last time we recorded it was right before this movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I said to you, I'm like, oh, I'm so over Peter Kavinsky. And, I'm so, and then you sent me a and text. And I'm so over, what's his name, Noah Centineo. Yeah. And then mm. Notion. How are you thinking about now? And then Notion, did I watch the movie? And I'm like, okay, he's very charming. I want to climb I'm, him. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, very into this. The actor himself is a bit annoying. and Yeah, I find his Instagram a little weird. It's very, like. That's why I said, who's better, <laughs> Jess? Or Peter Kavinsky. Yes, anyway. I didn't say Milo versus Noah. So in conclusion to this opening segment on Twitter, and did you do it on, did you do it on Instagram too or just Twitter? I did it on Instagram only. Okay, so. Uh, no, I did, it on tw- uh, I did it on Twitter, but I also did it on Instagram in the story. Like okay. Not as an actual yeah. post. Um, so she wrote, to celebrate the release of P.S. I Still Love You, we're asking you who you want. Jess Mariano. Who you want? Basically, we want to climb. <laughs> who you want? Jess Mariano or Peter Kavinsky? I'm sorry. I don't care how charming or dreamy Peter Kavinsky is. Jess wins every time. Okay. Here's my logic when I was going through this. Okay? Please tell. I said, who do you want? Like, who do you want as a boyfriend? Jess, every oh, time. Hold on. Hold on. I think on, t- on Instagram, I wrote, who do you want as a boyfriend? Okay, well, you weren't clear on Twitter. On Twitter, I was not clear. <laughs> because, yo, Jess fucks up as a boyfriend a lot. I don't care. I love him. <laughs> that sounds so I love him. Mother, we must be together. Exactly. Okay, fine. You win. I don't care. <laughs> uh, what was the I win. Results? Everyone won because <laughs> Peter Kavinsky failed, mis- lost miserably. Relax. Um, 27% voted for Peter Kavinsky and 73 voted for Jess. And I think on, on Instagram, it was like an 80-20 situation. Mm-hmm. So, but you know what? I'm not too happy with Instagram too. Should we talk about another quiz that ba- yeah, that or a because poll that, fuck all of you. A poll that backfires. You can unfollow us immediately. <laughs> I'm so mad. Please tell. 
the story of <laughs> the, the ill-fated Instagram poll. Oh my god! <laughs> so, last week was International Love Your Pet Day. Mm-hmm. So I posted a picture of Paul Anka, the dog. With Lorelai. With Lorelai. And Bosley, the dog. My dog. My beautiful, <laughs> precious dog. And I said, who do you love more? <laughs> now listen, everybody. I wasn't expecting it to be a runaway for Bosley. <laughs> but you cannot sit there and tell me that Paul Anka is cuter than Bosley. No, Paul Anka is not very cute. Sorry. Like, like okay, he's cute, but come on. As far as dogs go, it's pretty average. You picked Paul Anka over fucking Bosley? <laughs> yeah. We, we uh, can't be friends. No. We're, uh, we're on you, a... If you... If you ugh, I'm very angry. <laughs> yeah. We need, we need some space from our fandom. If you paid attention, I didn't even leave that poll up very long. <laughs> no. And then she posted a screenshot. And then saying, I posted a screenshot. I was like, we are over. <laughs> we are not friends anymore. So then I posted it on Twitter, but I didn't pit them against each other. I just posted <laughs> both their pictures. I was like, Twitter be nicer to me. I mean, Twitter tends to get less votes, so maybe you would... I didn't... No, but I didn't put the vote at all. Okay. I just put the pictures. Um, But I was very upset. You felt burned by the internet? By social media? Social media hurt you? Listen, I was... I was not expecting that crazy of a gap. (laughs) Like, if he had won... If Paulinka had won, like, 60-40... would have been like, okay. I would have been like, all right. Like, people love Gilmore Girls. I get it. But you cannot tell me that Paul Anka, what was the fun- who's scared of fucking stairs, <laughs> is cuter than Bosley. And everything. He's scared of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he has to eat in the dark. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> what was the final vote? 80-something. 80-20? <laughs> so 80 for Paul Anka and 20 No, for- I think it was even worse. I'm going to pull out my phone, but I was like, I was shocked. Anyway. I, so I was outraged. I'd say we're going to take a break from the Instagram polls, we're but not. probably not. Because probably not. it's very fun. But we like, also have our bracket that's continuing. So. Yeah, of course. And I'm less, I'm less like triggered by those responses. Yeah, because it's like less personal. I think you opened yourself up to some personal uh, oh my God. disappointment there. My dog is like my child. <laughs> fine, fine. Yeah, it was like 83 something. <laughs> 83 to 17. Anyway. Well, fuck all y'all. Yes. Uh, Thank you for listening, but also thank you. No, no, not... don't thank you. What are you thanking them for? <laughs> Thanks for listening, but also uh, do better with Eleni's dog, please. Because she was. We're very... gonna revisit this fucking poll in a couple of weeks. She was very. The responses better change. Because if you think she's upset now, she was very upset the day of. So. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, let's move dog. on because uh, getting a little upset here. So we'll move on. Let's. <laughs> Shall we dive into episode 17? Yes, episode 17 is called Dead Uncles and Vegetables. Which, like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I was just in a mood yesterday when I was rewatching this episode, but I was just, like, not feeling it. Okay, so here's what I'll say about the overall mm-hmm. episode. Very little Jess-Rory interaction. Yeah. Like, it didn't advance their story at all yeah. kind of thing. That's why, that's why I said it was filler. Yeah. Um, I think we got a little bit more insight into Luke and his insecurities. Mm-hmm. And Lots of Luke and Lorelai foreshadow. Uh, yeah. Again. But also, like, even if you don't want them to be together, which, fuck you, like, it's a nice friendship moment between them. Mm-hmm. Um, that she's there for him. And also, it was nice to see the reverse, like, her being there for him versus him always being there for her all the time. Yeah. So I like that aspect of it. The whole fucking Suki-Emily thing, go die. 
Yeah, so Emily is really annoying in this episode. Should we start with Emily? Yeah. Okay, so Emily comes to Like, Suki is a bit annoying all the time, I find, but this episode is... Yeah, but it's a different kind of annoying. It's, like, not endearing. It's endearing most of the time, but this time it's, like... Oh, yeah, no, but I'm saying Suki's general annoyingness is, is like, why we love her kind yeah. of thing. This is not. This was just full-on, like, no. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> Let's start with that because... I, I think Emily brainwashes her a little bit. Right? <laughs> but also, I kind of... Mm, okay, so I feel like Emily really influences her, but I also feel like Suki kind of wishes she could have a bigger wedding. Yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah. Like, maybe not the dancing mushroom people. Midgets, what is it? <laughs> midgets. The dancing midgets. And Emily's like, you say midgets as if it's preposterous. It is! It is, you fucking psycho! <laughs> But Emily's just a, just a pain in the ass this episode. Like, like the, no, co- no, like the really cold is. open where she's like leaving a thousand messages and she's like, your message is annoying. You should change it. Have you ever heard it? Ugh. Like, Yeah, she called four times to basically say, I hate your mess- answering machine. So you know how you avoid listening to the answering machine? Stop fucking calling. Yes, exactly. And, and then, also she's very annoying when she's at the inn. And then, yeah, in the first... And Lorelai just wants to fucking talk and she's like, Lorelai! Like, what do you need? Your ears to <laughs> fucking taste the soup? And it's like, she even says like, we don't usually do this for a lousy dar party oh, not lousy no 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 like but like for that amount of tasting we do that they do that for a wedding like not for a, a just a party or a like gathering six eight soups eight. eight soups three sips per soup and the longest size in between it's just soup it's she's... a fucking soup pick a soup like and i'm i don't doubt that emily's dar friends are just as you know prissy and uptight as she is but at the same time, I feel like Emily leads the pack. And like, if so if Emily cares, everyone else cares. Well, I'm pretty sure she's the president of her group, no? Yeah, or something or like that. Or a bunch of groups. Or Maybe not the DAR like group, but like a bunch of other groups. Anyways, Emily... The symphony just, luncheon. Or... Oh, God. And the, the horticultural society. And no, it's just, it's too much. <laughs> and this episode is way overboard. Yes, Emily, we don't love you in this episode. But I will say that I think Emily getting to help plan a, Suki's wedding... Is because she never got to help plan her daughter's wedding, even when her daughter was getting married. See, I don't, mm, I don't, uh, I don't know. I disagree. Uh, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> I tell dis- me, because I feel like it doesn't really go that deep in this episode. Like I, I would, I would agree, and under different circumstances, I feel like Emily was just Emily is just gets stars in her eyes with any big party. No, no, for sure. I think that's the majority of it, but I think a tiny little part of her is like. Stars Hollow is probably where my daughter is gonna get married eventually. Maybe. I mean, and I don't... she listen. She knows Lorelai would not let her like fucking buy her midgets for the fucking yeah. wedding. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. I think Emily's just like goes gaga for big parties and elaborate shit. Mm-hmm. But I think a tiny little part of her is like Lorelai planned her her other wedding without me. She didn't get married. Her next wedding is probably not gonna be. You know what I mean? Maybe. I think a tiny part of her. Yeah. Listen, it is a filler episode, so I don't think we're going to get that deep either. No. But I think it's just a tiny little part of her because she's Probably. not heartless. As a character, yes. <clears throat> yeah. But that being said, who the fuck has midgets at their wedding? Emily Gilmore, apparently. You say midgets as if it's for... Pro- yes! <laughs> like, what don't you understand about that? Especially since, like, I'm pretty sure even in 2002, like, midgets was probably a polarizing... Politically incorrect term. I mean, it's so. still pretty polarizing. Yeah, I'm saying, but I'm saying, so They're even in... little people, Emily, watch a TLC show. <laughs> what is it, Little People, Big World? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, shall we talk about vegetables now? Sure. Let's Before we get into dead uncles, we get into the vegetables. Yeah, that was also very filler. Yeah, just like I don't. Yeah, it was it was pointless. I don't know what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to it, but um, 
but like leave it up to the the, the wannabe what's it, the um, hooligan hippie hooligan hippie but the wannabe town troubadour yeah the troubadour um leave it up to him to open like a farmer's market yeah and also, also how would well, taylor not know like isn't taylor like basically the mayor so taylor's a town selectman which in a town that small just means he's the mayor like okay i understand maybe he doesn't approve all the permits but don't tell me he doesn't know everything that's going on in Stars Hall. Especially later on, like, there's one episode in season four that just drives me insane all the time where he makes Lorelai jump through so many hoops. Yeah, for the parking, uh, for the... The inn. Yeah, for the parking Open the spaces, inn, yeah. and it's like, ugh. No, yeah, he, he's definitely power hungry, and it goes to his head. But who grows that many vegetables in their backyard? This guy, apparently. And also, I can't... Who got enough money to go to Israel? <laughs> From a small town mar- uh, farmer's market. Well, he had sexy squash. I was going to say, <laughs> can we name this episode Sexy Squash? We should. Sexy Squash and Midget. <laughs> no, but honest to God, though. Like, it's sexy. <laughs> sexy Squash. But wouldn't you, like, leave it, leave it to Babette to say, it's Sexy Squash. Honestly, that line coming out of any other character's mouth would have annoyed me. Babette. It was really. Sexy. It's sexy. It's squash. her facial expressions, too, you know? It's, no, I loved it. I thought um, it was really good. Uh, I have a Desperate Housewives reference in this oh, episode. Forth. So Mrs. Cassini, the old lady obsessed with Brussels sprouts. So yeah. She, so she had a recurring role on the earlier seasons of Desperate Housewives. Oh, did she? Yeah. So she played um, Ida Greenberg, who was just this old lady neighbor on. Is she Jewish. On this old lady, <laughs> like the old lady neighbor. The old lady on, on the block. Yeah. yeah. The busybody of the block. Not even she was like she was very like, uh, like stubborn close-minded old lady and but she was like in the end her character ended up dying in like in the tornado episode oh, where like a, a tornado hit their street so she ended up what state were they in <laughs> it was a, okay it was a fictional state so it took place in the town of fairview fictional town in the fictional eagle state what it's yeah it was and all their license plates on the show say eagle state it was very fiction it was all fictional no but hold on was Eagle State not just, like, the catchphrase of the... Like, you know how we have Jemis with Gang? Yeah, I know. But it was, like, Eagle State. And, like, in all of the books, like, I have, I have like, a handbook of Dungeon Housewives. And it says, like, Fairview oh. Eagle State and, ev- like, all the... So we don't know what state they're in. No, it's a... Fi- it was, like, the creator said he wanted to be a fictional town in a fictional state that could be any place in America. It's, like, easy... Like, I feel like he kind of based it off of, like, like middle America, probably, to, like... Okay, that's weird. Anyway, all that to say... <laughs> The actress who plays Mrs. Cassini, she played Ida Greenberg, who in the end ended up sacrificing her life for ch- children. So it was sad. But. Aw, Mrs. Cassini. <laughs> but for, earlier in that season, before she dies, um, the like there was a gay couple that moved on to the street and they wanted to put oh, this. Oh, was she outraged? Yes. Not, so she wasn't. Okay. So she, they, they moved on to the street. And she, these these guys put this really ugly, loud, noisy fountain in their yard, and like it was ugly. And so I, I was with everybody to, to try to get rid of this fountain. So they like they revived like the homeowners association oh my and everything God. to get rid of this. Can I tell you something? Just pause. Mm-hmm. When people, <laughs> okay, because I recently heard something else that like in one of the boroughs in Montreal, not one, maybe more than one, but they're not allowed to put like tempos. Yeah. So like. Um, whatchamacallit, like a tent for your driveway. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what a tempo is. Well, they're ugly. I agree with that. They're ugly, but like, <laughs> we sho- how long do we shovel for? Yes, we just, sho- before recording this episode, we were shoveling my driveway. We were driveway. shoveling his driveway. 
And like, I don't care how ugly a temple is. Yeah, my fucking temple is ugly as shit. But I have to shovel my driveway ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So. Do you have one? We have a temple Okay. Now. But only recently we started getting one because um, before it was just my mom who had a car. Yeah. And now it's me, my mom, her boyfriend. So we're like, we should get a temple. Um, I don't like when people tell me what to do on yeah, my yeah, property. I know. It's really like, it's, it, it's really. Like, did it say fuck on it and it flashed lights <laughs> into her bedroom? Like, <laughs> it's a fountain. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like, I feel like I related to it because it was just like the, the, the house next door, uh, like they were, they got woken up by it, and it was just like loud and noisy. Okay. And like I would have hated that too. So I feel like I could see myself hating this fountain. Yeah. But at I the get same it. time, like the um, the ordinance, I guess to to get rid of the fountain would have meant that um, Lynette, played by Felicity Huffman, who uh, went Is to now in prison. Yes, went to prison. <laughs> um, she her kids had a treehouse. Uh, where it was the only place they could go to get rid of all of the cancer talk. And so they were worried. Lynette was worried that getting rid of the fountain would then mean getting rid of the treehouse. So she decided to, in between chemo, was going to run for uh, head of the Homeowners Homeowners Association. Can I tell you something else (laughs) that I really don't like in a lot of shows? Yes. They make people who are battling cancer super women. Yeah, I know. Mostly women, by the way. Yeah, and it's... They did it in Parenthood, they did it in Desperate Housewives, they did it in uh, fucking uh, Grey's Anatomy as well, when Izzy had cancer, she made, she planned an entire fucking wedding. Yeah, bro- like, brothers and sisters, did you say Brothers that? and yeah. sisters too, like, guys, sometimes when you have cancer... All ABC shows, by the way. Oh, right? <laughs> I was about to say, all ABC no, show- NBC is Parenthood. Oh, true. Aside from aside from <laughs> Parenthood, all, a- all ABC shows from the mid-2000s. Listen, as somebody who works in a hospital, it's kind of like not realistic not. i'm not saying that everyone that has cancer just it's like relatable but like stays not. in bed all the time but like yo but, you don't have the energy to be running for fucking christina was doing a campaign for max's school yeah um what's her name what's her name in brothers and sisters kitty 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 was like fucking re-election campaign or whatever the fuck it was mm-hmm. well and that's running for homeowner yeah. like guys let's chill a little and honestly i think lynette's cancer story was was like probably plotted out differently and then it got changed because that was this, the year of the writer strike where like uh, episodes were cut and everything. So yeah. I think I think I don't know. I'm not... shit. Lynn, it's been through a lot. She got shot. And she had cancer. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that her her cancer story would have played out differently if they had more episodes. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, so Lynette, Lynette is now running against Catherine, who was running who Catherine. yeah for, played by Dana Delaney. I know her well. <laughs> she was running for the head of the homeowners association to get rid of the fountain which would get rid of the treehouse. So Lynette was running against her and it caused a whole ruckus in the neighborhood because everyone wanted everyone wanted rid of the fountain. Okay, can I ask something? What's the point to this story? The point of the story is Mrs. Cassini yes. playing Desperate Housewives. We could have been done 10 minutes ago. <laughs> the <laughs> point of this story is that in the meeting where um Catherine and Lynette are like debating and everything. The the gay couple who put the fountain in their yard, they say, just want you to know, a vote for Catherine is a vote for fascism. Oh my. And a vote for Taylor is a vote for fascism. <laughs> and Ida Greenberg, who played by Mrs. Cassini, turns around and says, What is it with you gay people and clothes? Oh no. And so <laughs> Lynette, in a in a in a this is this is a famous screenshot in the Twitterverse from this show, this episode, oh, is Lynette saying, Fascism, Ida, not fashion. <laughs> And then one of them says, but if you ever want to talk fashion, we're here for you. Oh, God. So. Talk about another gay stereotype, yes. but whatever. That's my Desperate Housewives anecdote for this week. Okay. Thank you for joining us. We're moving on. Yes. Okay? Because, no. <laughs> <laughs> Next. 
it's not a Desperate Housewives podcast. It should be. No, it shouldn't be <laughs> at all. Okay, so the main event of the episode is Luke's Uncle Louie dies. Yes. Luke's Uncle Louie, who everyone in town hates. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote that it's really frustrating when you expect people to do the right thing and they let you down. Yeah. Because that was sad for me. Because Luke, Luke puts aside rooms at the inn. He's getting ready for an influx of relatives and none of his relatives are coming. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, how do you feel about Luke's relatives not attending his uncle's funeral? And do you reserve the right to not attend someone's funeral if they weren't nice people? Okay, so... Hmm. In your opinion. In my opinion, because I've been to a lot of funerals. <laughs> As have I. Um, yeah, we've both been to a lot of funerals. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Sometimes a funeral is not for the person who died. Yeah. It's for the people that they leave behind. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there are people that came to my dad and my grandfather's funeral not because they knew my dad or my grandfather, but they knew my mom, they knew me, they knew my brother, whatever it is. Um, now, if the person wasn't particularly nice to you, it becomes a little different. Mm-hmm. But if Luke, who has who does everything for you... Um, you know, let's take Liz as an example. Mm-hmm. Luke took Jess in. Yeah. With no questions asked, put him in school, feeds him, clothes him, whatever. You can't even bother to return his call. And he's asking you to come to the funeral, his dad's brother's funeral. I think I've said it before. I'm a bit like, I'm a, I'm a bit like torn with the character of Liz just because well, we've like, said, yeah, the, we've discussed it before. Like the character that, the, like the character of Liz that we meet later is, is like different from the Liz that, that Luke talked about. Yeah, because I've said it before. I have a hard time. Remember, I, I said something like I have a hard time reconciling that Liz with with the Liz that Luke talks about all the time. Yeah, because so like, when Luke talks about her before we meet her, and when Jess talks about her before we meet her, it's I'm like, this different. is a terrible person. Yeah, like not a terrible person, but she clearly doesn't have her shit together. She shouldn't have been a mom. She's a mess. Whatever, you know. And I and I do get that vibe from Liz. As you get, but, but it's more like she's flaky, quirky kind of thing. Yeah. Not like, that she's malicious. No, she's kind of hippie-ish. Exactly. But Luke and Jess make it seem like she's not malicious. It's a hard word. It's a harsh word. But like that she's doing it to be cruel or yeah. mean, you know. And I think the point of introducing her later was that like she'd grown and changed a bit when yeah. she, by the time she came to Stars Hollow. Yeah, I think that's part of her storyline too, that she met a good guy and that she's finally ready to settle and whatever. Too late for Jess, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. Yes. But I think it is nice that they do ha- end up having a nice relationship towards mm-hmm. the end. That's a different episode. But I think it's hard when the person wasn't particularly nice to you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's still family. Yeah, I, th- I was going to say that funerals are a bit of a... It's tricky. It's a bit of a tricky social protocol because yeah. it's like... Someone dies and there's a bit of, there's a bit of like a social pressure to just respect the person who died regardless of how they were in, in life. Yeah. That's another thing about like funerals and death that I always had a hard time with Mm -hmm. because it seems like when somebody dies, we just forget all the bad they did. Yeah. Yes. Um, especially with women, I find like, Oh really? I I always thought it was with men. (laughs) With men too. But with women, I feel like I read, so I read a few, uh, a few summers ago. Yeah. I read... Um, this book called Trainwreck, mm-hmm. and it's, um, the, the subtitle was The Women We Love to Hate, Fear, Mock, and Why. And so it's just like basically tracing the fem- like the female train wreck figure in, okay. po- in pop culture. And one, pa- like, and that book, I love that book, and I read it from the library, and I, and like, I feel like I should buy it because I've, 
I've cited in so many like we'll essays. Buy it on chapters, you get twenty five plum, twenty five hundred plum points. And I've like I've I've like cited it so many times in essays that I've written because it just it applies to everything. You know, like I love when the, that yeah, kind of, I love when you can really like apply it to many different aspects of yeah. your life. So there's a quote from that book that I love where she says that like when a female train wreck figure dies, it's like an invitation to not care anymore, and so. Because in death we in death we don't have to care about how messy they were. So like yeah. we, uh, like we what's the word we like, um, we we romanticize all of their troubles and so you know like with like with men it's it's a it's much much worse because like but that's you know, what I'm like she, in my experience with men we tend to just forgive everything. Yeah, like for example, she compares like Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. You know, yeah. so like Kurt Cobain is like Courtney Love's not dead. No, but like, in, no, but like, okay, I was like, oh. you know, they were, they were comparing. I was like, what did I miss? No. <laughs> she was comparing like um, how people, like, when after Kurt Cobain died, he like he became like everyone romanticized him so much yeah. into this lovable, like lovable, really, really, really no, lovable rock and roll figure. Yeah, and she was just the mess. Well, let's take the example that we had a couple, ooh, not a couple, way more than a couple. I keep saying a couple. A few weeks ago when we were talking about Sid and Nancy, right? Yes. Sid fucking killed Nancy. He stabbed her. And I was like, oh, Sid. Yeah. And we make movies about them. And you know what I mean? It's just, it's it's in death in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm coming at it from also a cultural point of view. Like... Yeah, so I'm not gonna say like if your if your if your family member dies like it, it's it's an invitation to not care anymore. No, but listen. But it's like it's an invitation to like like kind of sigh a bit of relief and be you like, can, you know what I mean? Look, I, I don't know where I, I don't know where I read this, but you you don't necessarily have to mourn the person. You can mourn the relationship you wanted to have with the person. Yeah. And know that it's not gonna happen anymore because they're not here. Mm-hmm. And you can. Um, it could be a way for you to move on, really. Yeah. Because I know, like, look, my grandmother's not dead yet. She's still very much alive. <laughs> but my grandmother hasn't been the nicest to me mm-hmm. and hasn't been the nicest to my mother. And not that I'm wishing ill on my grandmother. <laughs> I love her to death. But in life, like in death, you can have, like, nuance to your relationship. Yeah. It's okay to feel conflicted when they're alive, and it's okay to feel conflicted when they're dead. Yeah. And I think that's what I always had a problem with when family members would die. It's like, I'm not supposed to be feeling this way, meaning I'm not supposed to be feeling, like, relief, or I'm not supposed to be feeling, um, I don't know. You're just not, you're supposed to because society tells us we're supposed to mourn them, and you're supposed to be feeling bad and whatever, but sometimes you feel like, Conflicted. A sigh of like just ugh, you know. Yeah. Like when my father passed away, not that I wanted my father to pass away, obviously. But it was there was a lot of burden. There was a lot of problems when my father was alive, and of course I was devastated when my father died. But I also breathed a sigh of relief that now I didn't have to go through things that I was going through, and my yeah. mom didn't have to be there exactly. to pick up the pieces, and his parents didn't have to be there to pick up the pieces anymore. You know. Yeah. So as much as. I still mourn my father. Mm -hmm. It's been 14 years this month. And it's still very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. But I I do recognize that it's complicated. (laughs) And I think the reason that my mourning process is still going on is because for a really long time after my dad died and I was still young, because he passed away when I was 13, 
Like, nobody tells you that. Yeah, no. Nobody tells you it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So I was just, like, berating myself all the time, like, and feeling guilty. Yeah. Because I was like, I should feel sad, I should feel sad, when I ignored the rest. Yeah, I feel like when you when you have to process a death like that at a young age, you, you don't really know how. No, you don't know. And the thing and is... You don't, and you don't, you know, like you said, you don't know that it's okay to feel whatever you don't have feeling. any guidance, because at the same time, like, me and my brother were young, but... You know, my mom wasn't old either. You know, my yeah. dad passed away at 43. They were divorced. You know, my mom had her kids to think about. You know, talking to my uncle, he was, my uncle wasn't even 40 yet. He just lost his brother. He had young kids. Nobody knows how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're, you're almost scared to verbalize the fact, even with my uncle, who I could tell, I could say anything to. I was not in a place where I could say, you know, your brother died. I know you're sad, but yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, you know, you can't say that shit. It's, and I feel like people, even if you're not a young kid, like people don't really know how to react to death. No. I mean, some people do and some people, like some people are great in those situations and like some people, like there's no in between. I find either you're great yeah. or you're not and you, don't yeah. know, and you don't know how to deal with it. You, you don't know what to say no. and you say the wrong thing. And I feel like 90% of my family says the wrong thing. So. 95 for me. So. <laughs> no, no, I get it. It's not, um, it's not fun. <laughs> no. So I like, I do sympathize with Luke, especially like, I mean, I'm not going to say that he, he's in a place to judge other people for not no. coming. No, it's never, look, I don't have a problem with Luke's reaction because again, everyone reacts differently to death. And I think Luke is coming at it from the fact that his dad was a great guy Mm -hmm. and his dad passed away and his dad wanted him to look out for his family, for Liz and for Louie and whatever. So Luke is doing it for his dad. So it feels shitty when you're asking your family members to come to a, a, a funeral. It feels like, I think Luke feels like he's letting his dad down. Yeah. So that's why I wasn't upset with Luke's reaction. But at the same time, it's like, if people don't want to come, you can't force them. Exactly. To come. That's you know what I mean. mean. Yeah. So can we talk about how Lorelai and Rory would have all this time to spend in an entire day working in a diner? Like, is it not a, is it not a weekday? Like, why isn't Rory at school? I think it was, like, after school. Like, okay, so they come in, like, after, when she, Like, she'd yeah. come in straight from the bus and just, Probably, like, yeah. help her mom out. And, it was... and I always got the impression that Lorelai just didn't go to the inn those days. Yeah, which I'm like... Must be nice. <laughs> right? I mean, technically, she is her own boss. Like, she's yeah. the manager kind of thing. And let's be honest, Michelle runs that shit like a well-oiled Exactly. Machine. So I wasn't really concerned about the independence in. But how does Lola know all this diner slang? Like, I'm so confused. I don't know. <laughs> like, and It is, is charming, though. Is this real slang? It is charming, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, like, are yeah. the real di- are the, are there diners where they... Adam and Eve on a raft and wreck them. <laughs> what is that? Uh, the, the, the guy who came in and wanted two eggs up on toast and no, she, but she scrambled, scrambled them. them. Yeah. yeah. Imagine like coming piggy in. Piggy piggy on a green blanket. She was trying to make it and she was like, fuck, BLT with no mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't say fuck because it's WB. <laughs> but yeah. I feel, yeah, that was, a, that was like a, a charming part of the episode. And they also. It was cute, yeah. And there was a, a good, um, a good insight into Rory and Lorelai's dynamic with the like with the fast paced references again, yeah. where it's like so at one point when they first start helping, they call each other Wilma and Gertie. Yeah. And according to the internet, nobody knows where that comes from. Right, so right I googled it, and all that came up was a bunch of like Gilmore Girls fan forums being like, "Yeah, I think those are just like diner names they made up for well, each it other could be, <laughs> because yeah. nobody knows where Wilma and Gertie came from." Yeah. So. 
All that came up when I Googled it was... Yeah, it's all Gilmore Girl stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it probably is, like, old school diner, like, 50s hair, like, lady with the big hair with the glasses yeah. and the apron and the little mm-hmm. hat kind of thing. It could be that. And then yeah. later at the town meeting, um, when Taylor's trying to fight against the guy with the, the farmer's market... Redundant. Who, yes. Who, may I just say, the actor plays the... What's the hippie? What, what, what is Taylor? And what, is the, what is Taylor called, the farmer's market guy? Like a hooligan hippie Yeah, or hooligan whatever. hippie. The guy who plays the hooligan hippie. I can't or not, unwashed hooligan hippie. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I can't look at that actor without seeing the guidance counselor on Freaks and Geeks. Because that guy played the guidance counselor. Oh my god! Who was like way too close with the kids. Yeah, that's crazy. So I, I never I, realized that. Oh my god, eye-opening. Now I'm going to go watch Freaks and Geeks. So I can't look at it and I'm like, you're the, you're the creepy guidance counselor from Freaks and Geeks. Ooh. Anyway, but at the town meeting, um, Lorelai and Roy do that whole bit redundant Redu- thing yeah and and so they call they call each other mac and tosh mm-hmm. which i completely forgot was the names of the goofy gophers oh i didn't know that. Lo- yeah so i googled that one too because i was like i feel like i knew that one i'm like where's that from so mac and tosh are are the names of the goofy gophers please don't from, make your child tosh from from looney tunes but it was like Macintosh. Yeah, I get okay. it, Jeffrey. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so I was, it was, it was an aha moment for me because I, I loved the, the the Gophers from Looney Tunes when I was That's younger. True. So, um, can I say one more thing before we move on? Yes. Is it about streaming? Because that's internet talk. Yeah, when, I know. When Luke, she's like streaming. That's internet talk. Yeah, she's we like, get... I'm downloading things from. Uh... Okay, so this is this ties into what I wanted to okay. say. We should get a screenshot of Lu- of of Suki, Suki saying that because that would be very relevant. Oh, God. Who knew? They obviously... Anyways, whatever. <laughs> Nobody the inter- knew. The they... internet is still fairly new in Gilmore Girls 2002. But um, actually 2003 at this point. No, 2002. Yes, yeah, sorry. Oh, my God. My dates. <laughs> um, so this is the last thing I want to say before we move on because, like we said, it is a filler episode. Um, I don't like the fact that the writers made Suki kind of dumb. They do that, like, at their disposal. I know. Like, whenever they need it, because, she's there to be dumb. Because in that scene where they're, like, sh- talking about streaming, Suki says she's streaming something from Czechoslovakia. Mm-hmm. No, from the Czech, rep- from Prague. And then she says, did you know it's not Czechoslovakia anymore? It's just Czechoslovakia. And I was like, you guys, you got like, guys. Like, small town dumb Suki yeah. who doesn't know that the Czech Republic and Slovakia are two different countries. Like, yeah, it's just, I feel like they do it at weird moments to get a no, laugh. they do. And especially in this episode where it's like, Suki's so easily impressionable and brainwashed yeah. and bleh, like, yeah. And I also <laughs> it's overkill. To, it is, it is. Because I also have to say that, like, okay, well, Suki aside, why is it <coughs> in these next two, in this episode and the next one? Why is it that nobody can talk to their partner and always go to Lorelai? It's weird. Because Jackson also goes to Lorelai. We, we, we covered how Jackson and, Su- and Suki have terrible communication skills. Terrible communication issues. But I and feel Jackson's, like... Jackson's... Jack- you say. You go. <laughs> no, but Jackson's justification for going to Lorelai is that he doesn't want to upset Suki. I, no, Because he wants her to have everything she wants. I think Jackson went to Lorelai because it was Lorelai's mother who was like getting in Suki's head. Yeah, but if you can't talk to your fiancé and saying, like, it's too much for me and, like, we can't afford this shit, it's not up to her best friend to tell her. 100%. Like, you have to 
sit, say to your fiance, like, snap out of it. And I, feel like, I feel like that's also an extension of them making Suki dumb. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, like, I need my best friend to tell me that this is too much. Kind of like, it's, yeah. it was, it was a lot. Yeah, it was. I was like, why, why can none of these characters talk to their partners? Yeah. So this why ep- do you guys always need an intermediary? I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. This, <laughs> this episode is annoying for that. For yeah. That, like that whole that whole uh, storyline with Emily and Suki was just pissed me off. I mean, off. it made for some funny moments, like the midget thing. Yeah. But other than that, like, ooh. And I also, I also like, I also like how Miss Patty kind of brings everyone together in the end. Yes. For a kind of wake. Yeah. And it was nice. And everyone's be- saying stories about Louis. Yeah, because it was like, I feel like <laughs> I feel like funerals just kind of put too much pressure around how we're supposed to react. So it was like yeah. when Luke invited everyone to a funeral, it was like, oh, well, I don't want to go and be respectful, but for him. But when Miss Patty was like, we're gonna have just a casual get together to, to reminisce and celebrate his life, people, people, people were more inclined to come. They did to it that. for Luke, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And Jess know- opened the door. We can't oh yeah, he that. helped. God, anyways, shall we move on? Yes. Let's move on to episode 18. Back in the saddle again. Back in the saddle. Tell me. So, this, I, this, yeah, you're right. This one I have some more feelings in comparison to to episode 17. So, this one is a bit of a filler episode, but less so than 17 because there's just, it's more like, there's more character work. You know why I say it's not a filler episode to me? I think it because it lays the groundwork for. Um, Rory and Dean's relationship's demise. Yeah. Even though it they comes d- way later, Ugh. I think it's the first time Rory really realizes that she, like, she doesn't want to look at him. And she Dean's doesn't want to like, look at him. She doesn't want to talk to him. She doesn't want to be with him. You're right. Yeah, it's not a filler, it's not so a filler episode why, in terms of Rory I and understand Dean. what you're saying in terms of plot-wise. It doesn't really advance the plot very much. And it doesn't, but it doesn't really advance it for Rory and Dean either because it's like so much longer No, later. but I think it's, we're starting, I think more and more people, Dean included, are starting to see that this is not working. And yet. And yet. I know. I know. I know. Don't get mad at me. I know. I am mad at you. No, okay, can I say something? Why does Brad keep transferring fucking schools? <laughs> Brad's Brad's back. playing fucking musical chairs with fucking prep schools. Brad's back, everybody. My God. Who is this rabbi who encouraged you to come back here? Give me his address. <laughs> so is Brad's fear Chilton or Paris? I just want to know. It's Paris. It's Paris. 100%. Okay, it's Paris. before we get into the whole Chilton school project... Um, Fucking Brad. Yes, I have. So in um. Can I? Sorry. Can I just say something? Every time I see Brad, even though I know it keeps happening, I'm always surprised. <laughs> I know. Oh, it hasn't even been that long. Brad. It hasn't even that long. It's, it's like... been three episodes. I'm like, oh my god, Brad. Did you know about Brad? <laughs> I'm always, like, fucking surprised that and that's Brad the, and exists. That's the whole point of him, I think. And you know what I love is that Paris never misses a beat with him. Yeah, I know. She's just, she like... She just picks up right where... Like, we see it again in season three where, you know, they're 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 competing for the speech. Yeah. For the Bicentennial or whatever it is. And, like, you just, like... She never misses a beat. She's like, no. I'm going to make Brad's life a living <laughs> fucking hell. And Brad's just stuck in there. Poor Brad. And I was like, oh, Brad, I love you for comedic relief. Yes, but, but poor, poor Brad, but we also love how what Brad brings out in Paris. I do love it. So I have one particular thought that came up the, actually the last time that, that I was rewatching this episode a while ago. Um, given Lorelai and Jess's relationship and how we discussed how they're very similar, and that's probably why they clash. Yeah. So remember in the, I think, I don't know if it's the, the cold open or if it's the... One of the opening scenes where 
Lorelai and Roy going to Luke's and they see there's a new special yeah. on the board and it's like she says, oh, my, his French toast been up there since I was born. And it's just like a big change all of a sudden because the, the special is different. Yeah. And then Lorelai tortures him by saying, yeah, can I have, can I have Jack cheese instead of Swiss cheese? And it's like, she just does not want the special, basically. Exactly. So Laura, um, Rory remarks that on the board it's Jess's handwriting. Mm-hmm. And Lorelai says, oh, how do, you know, how do you know Jess's handwriting? And... Rory says, oh, well, he, 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 like, wrote some notes in one of my books. And she's like, you, he vandalized your book oh, or whatever. Up, and she's like, no, it's just, he, he just, like, wrote some thoughts in the margins. You know, like, she says. Mark Twain did it. Yeah. I'm like, but, like, that's a thing. You know, like, writing in your margins. Like, it's a literary convention, shall we say. Um, but just, like, in response to Rory saying, oh, he wrote in the margins, like, thoughts. Lorelai says, oh, uh, like, play basketball, eat a sandwich. And that, to me, that comment alone, <laughs> dropping your pens. Drop my pen, sorry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, that comment. That comment from Lorelai alone, that, to me, just shows that Lorelai doesn't know Jess at all. Yeah, it's, because it, it also shows that she doesn't want to know she him. No, so, that the, I think, but I feel like her not wanting to know him is a different issue. I feel like the fact that she doesn't, she doesn't care to know him yeah. proves that nobody really knows Nobody really knows Jess other than Rory. And I feel like in season two, that's the appeal. But I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I understand what you're saying, but to be fair, um, Jess doesn't let anyone else know him. I know. But I feel like the appeal of Jess and Rory in season two from like a younger viewer's standpoint. Is that her mother didn't like him. That and also like... Rory was the only person who just let could see. open up to. No, I was gonna say let see him. I see your true colors. Okay, Cindy Lauper. All right. Um, <laughs> no, anyway. I get what you're saying. Though. But it's just like play basketball, eat a sandwich. Like that's not something that Jess would write. Whatever. Yeah, obviously. Even in the episode, I'm bitter. Like get even to, in the episode before, like Lorelai, where Rory goes, Luke, where's Jess? Because he's supposed to be helping at the nine. She's probably out playing basketball. Who, wh- how? When did Jess ever give anyone the impression that he plays sports? I know. Which is, but like, that makes me sad because, like, nobody, you know what I mean? I mean, to be fair, he was a little shit. I know, but like, okay, I'm gonna save that because next week we're gonna get into episode 19 and I yeah, have and more thoughts. Yeah, and that's a big little shit, yeah. Um, but anyway, it just, it just makes me mad. Like, Lorelai, get to know my husband. Get to know him better. He's not your husband. Yes, he is. Okay, fine. But, um, <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, so I, can I, can I, can I, okay, yeah, go. You go first. No, no, it's fine. Finish, okay. finish your thought. No, I mean it was it was this was moving on to how I love Madeline and Louise. And I do episode. love their their banter. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Somebody pointed out on Twitter or was it Instagram? I'm not sure. On one of the socials. The that, socials. On one of the socials, um, that Madeline and Louise are not very good friends to Paris. Yeah. Um. Mm. And. I'm not going to say it. I was only reminded of it because we saw them in this episode, and like nothing in this episode indicates that to me. But the more I think about it, it's like, I don't know if they were good friends. I know they always took her side when something bad happened. But they think, also really mock her and make fun of her. I don't think they were ever friends. I think they were, I'm going to say they were friends in season one. And then I think when the, I think when the writers started writing Rory and Paris as f- more friends, then that 
uh, like invalidated Paris being friends with Madeline and Louise. I feel like I feel like when Rory and Paris's friendship like took off, that's mm. when Madeline and Louise took a backseat. I feel like it's one of those friendships where like because they've implied before that they've all known each other since kindergarten kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was one of those friendships that they were young. They were young and they like were friends. And they just grew up together. And like, they just grew up together, kept going to the same schools, and they're like, the yeah, same, we're friends. In the same class, like, not really. Yeah. That being said, their banter is great. <laughs> and their ideas for products, <laughs> fucking terrible. I wonder what Madeline and Louise are doing now. They should have been in the revival. I think, so. I love, I love when we meet them again in season four. I do love that, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I would love to know what the fuck they're doing now. <laughs> I think they probably married well. <laughs> Damn straight. They would have to have married well. I love the fact that Louise is like, oh, my dad can't. He's in court. Oh, he's a lawyer? Defendant. She's like, oh, I I won't ask. She's like, I don't even know what he's up for. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think in season three, she implies that, like, he did go to prison and that they're going to have, like, a visit in one of the trailers for Thanksgiving. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, and working moms are so 90s. Oh, my God. So 90s. (laughs) Um, I wanted to bring something up because, because we spoke about Brad. Yes. Um, and who, then, who is this rabbi that encouraged you to come back here? Yeah, number one. Number two, he says his psychiatrist encouraged his parents to um, let him face his fears. Yeah. So then that was the first instance. And then the second instance where there's a mention of a mental health professional uh-huh. was when Lorelai says to Emily, maybe Richard needs to speak to somebody like a psychiatrist. Yeah. So, so number one, I wanted to say kudos to Brad for speaking so openly about a psychiatrist in 2002. Yeah. Um. I mean, I know, I know now it's like a joke of like millennials and Gen, Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Gen X, but I was like, no. Uh, of like, we're like, yeah, my therapist, and like therapy's expensive and no, no, no. Like, I feel like back then it was not talked about as openly. No. And I also don't like how like they, people kind of make therapy trendy where it's like, oh, we're all depressed. <laughs> like, I mean, I think that has its roots in the fact that we're like, we all really are depressed. Yeah, I know, but I, I just hate when they like they make light of it. Like, to, we're all depressed, we're... like depressed on Twitter. Huh? Like, no, no, listen, I, there's a difference between like somebody talking as a joke, like we talk about it as a joke too. I'm like, we watch Gilmore Girls, therapy's expensive. You yeah. know what I mean? There's a difference between that and people who are like really good, like just saying like my therapist this and my therapist that. You yeah. Know? Like I think you can kind of tell. I understand where you're coming from too, but <clears throat> that to say. In two thousand two, it wasn't really accepted to talk. No, about, like, and I actually, and I actually didn't even make a note about Emily's comment at the end, just because it was like right at the end, and I'm like, I'm gonna let this one slide. Yeah, but even though there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, because Emily says we don't talk to people, we don't need a stranger knowing our business. Oh, how times have changed in a year in a life, by the way. And I feel like that's the, that's the irony in it. And yeah. it, but like, but Emily's Emily's response to Lorelai saying he should like talk to someone's like. But that's for, you know, that's for, like, dilute. What did she even say? I don't remember. Like, I blocked it out because I was like, I I'm, I'm not talking about this. For some reason, I wanted to... In my head, I was thinking that's for the Democrats. <laughs> like, because, you know, she's conservative. Yeah. But, I mean... Um, but her response was very, like, conservative. Her response was very, bougie. like... Yeah. We don't talk to people. We don't need a stranger knowing our problems. He's fine. He's not ill. Like, it's just... You're, it that's, doesn't mean you're sick because you talk to someone. That's the stigma in, in a nutshell. But that's that's exactly what it was. So I think kudos to the writers for opening up about it. Yes. Even if it was a minor character like Brad. In 2002. In 2002. Um, so that's what I want to say about that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the product. Oh, and Richard getting involved. So Richard gets involved in the school product. So the, 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 the school project, I should say. Initially, he said no because he was too busy with his car. And let me tell you something. Emily is really good at guilting people. Yes. You're going to turn your back on her? You love that little girl. How could you disappoint her? And you're like, yo, Emily, relax. 
And don't you love how Richard like turns on his radio to drown out Emily and it's like classical he music? Needs, I was going to say, he needs better fucking soundtrack for fixing a car. <laughs> she's like, like, he's a fucking Mendelssohn player. <laughs> she's like, I'm very disappointed in you, Richard. Great, bye. <laughs> Over the classical music. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Um, but it's so fitting of his character. Yes. Um, so the, the school project is you have to develop a product, come up with a business plan, develop a prototype for teens, mm-hmm. and it's an inter-school business fair. Yeah. So Paris is... Should we talk about Madeline Louise's idea first? Yeah, what is it, the tracker? In Madeline there? wants a robot for your locker that does your homework, that organizes shit, that acts like an alarm or whatever. Yeah, and they're like, okay, well, we'd have well, to build... Well, we have to build a robot. Do you know how to build a robot? Brad looks like he knows. You like you fucking know how to build a robot. I have tried, yes. <laughs> but you've tried, haven't you? Yes, I have. Uh, and Louise's <laughs> idea was the lip gloss tracker. Which, like, okay. A tracker... Fine. Put lip gloss in front of it, you lost me. Um, and then Paris comes up with an idea that I think... Listen, I lose my lip balm all the time, so like... <laughs> I sympathize. You would buy a $15 tracker to put on your lip balm? No, I wouldn't. Okay, so shut up. <laughs> Paris comes up with an idea that I think is fucking stupid. It's bo- Not stupid. It's boring. In this, it's that... Yo, no teen wants a fucking first aid kit. You mean a private school? Maybe. 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 <laughs> but like it maybe. is it is boring in the sense like it's a business fair and you're like trying to win a prize and you know people are gonna be coming with it's just it's It's boring. Yeah, it's boring. It's it's lame. Also, I don't like the fact that like you didn't even mention sanitary products for girls. True. In your first aid kit. True. So stigma there. <laughs> You took away the stigma with the psychiatrist, but then you kept the stigma with girls having periods. True. Um, <coughs> I have a cough. I'm sorry. Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. But with the job fair, I find that you can, like, you can obviously tell that Richard is getting getting way too into it because he, like, he's missing... Well, he yells at Hamlin. Hamlin and what's her name? Biddy. Biddy. <laughs> Biddy's not there. Yeah, Biddy's not there. Did we ever meet Biddy? I don't Never. Think, no. We just hear about her because she's <laughs> under her husband's desk. Um, yeah. So he, he he gets way too into it, but at the same time, like I'm so like I'm so glad that in two episodes from now he goes back to work, and like he says in the end of this episode, like I'm going back to work He's because like, happier. and like if you're not ready to retire, then like don't like don't retire. No. Like retirement did not agree with him. He's working on a fucking car, and he has no idea what he's doing. And driving Emily insane. Yeah, clearly. So, um, shall we talk about? <laughs> shall we talk about? What should we talk about first? Should we save Dean till the end, or should we? Talk- I think so because we're gonna end on a bad note. Okay, so we'll talk about Michelle's mother. Let's talk about Michelle's mom first. Okay, I like that subject better. <laughs> so, should I tell you what I have written down in my notes about this? Obviously. So, in my opinion, <laughs> if there is any doubt to Michelle being gay at this point, I feel like this episode is also makes it pretty obvious. Yeah. Just like, again, a gay stereotype, but like, gay men are pretty much very close to their mothers, so that is a bit clear to me here. And also, his mother is basically a gay icon, like just in her movements and her mannerisms, I'm like, you, mm. like, that's basically every queer icon, you know? Oh my god. So, I mean, there is a bit, like, it's a close relationship to a fault, obviously, because they're yeah, not... Yeah, well, clearly it's not as close as he thinks it is. No. If she can't... If she doesn't know that he doesn't need pasta, like... And honestly, like, Lorelai... I, f- I feel like Lorelai feels bad for then 
quote unquote ruining their relationship. But I'm sorry, if that was me, I'd be like, ha, now you have a relationship that every, yeah, that every child has. Like, Boom, bitch. <laughs> She's your Emily now. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, <laughs> but like, I also thought it was very unrealistic that they kept speaking English to each other. Yeah, I know. And also just like, I don't like it. Just, it to me, it felt very surface level. And then we, we find out later why. Yeah. And one last one last thought to the whole, you know. Well, he took a six hour bath just to get away from her. <laughs> and one last theory thought. One last thought to the theory of Michelle um, being gay is that when there, when Lorelai comes when Lorelai is arguing with him or he's he, he comes into the kitchen and Michelle's arguing with Lorelai about how she ruined the relationship and you know what have you done. Ugh. Um, it's like, we don't, we keep it light. We talk about David Beckham and nothing else. I'm like, uh. Yeah, gay. <laughs> yes, sir. You are a certified homosexual. Okay. Whatever. Welcome to the club, darling. He was born in it. I know. That's fine. So let's talk about just, the biggest just, But just say, just, just, just think if he's a certified homosexual, that means he is exempt from heterosexual nonsense. I mean, he still partakes in it sometimes. Unfortunately. Yeah. But. Anyway, moving oh, on. That's how heterosexuals get you, though. Um, it's a let's, cult. Yeah, I know. Let's talk about the biggest thing we have to talk about. Dean. And the thing that makes our blood boil. Dean. Dean. So if you saw our Instagram story yesterday, I posted a screenshot of my conversation with Eleni over text about how we're probably going to be back on our bullshit with our polarizing Dean comments. I don't know why they're polarizing at this point. They are though because people get upset with us whenever we go on our whenever we go on a rampage. Listen, about I Dean. don't care if you like Dean. Even if you like Dean, you have to admit that this was way I know, overboard. But I'm sorry. Even every time we post like something derogatory about Dean in a post on on our Instagram page, that we always get some kind of bitter comment. Well, get that- ready, bitter commenters. <laughs> get those fingers warmed up. <laughs> that ends up getting deleted because they don't. Yeah, you coward bitches. <laughs> anyway, come at me. Okay, so. Dean leaves 14 messages. First thought. Dean's... But, 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 we, but we meet Dean beforehand in the first scene with, in the, yes. with, with the special omelet. Yeah. And when he comes in, Rory's face is like, ugh, what are you doing here? Who's this fucker? <laughs> right? Who the fuck this guy? <laughs> like, her face is priceless. Like, she's like, ugh, why am I... Oh, right, I'm still dating you. Ugh. Like, that's how everyone like, feels. Honestly, you know how, like, in the revival that she kept forgetting about Paul? Yeah. <laughs> she legit forgot about Dean this episode. Foreshadow. Foreshadow. Yeah, foreshadow. But like, put us out of our misery. No, they won't until season three. Episode 12. Ugh. Nine. 12? We, we were saying 12. I'm pretty time. sure it's 12. I don't know. Whatever. It's still, that being said, it's still a while. We've been saying 12 all this time. So if we're wrong, we've been very wrong. Well, we're going to Google it right now. Anyway. Like, but anyways, why it's... is he so desperate for her attention? I don't know. Like you said, 14. So he, no, hold on. Nobody finds you interesting. Nobody. Number one. Um, And if you do. He called Lorelai four times. Like Lorelai answered the phone four times. And then she stopped answering. And then she stopped answering and he left 10 messages. Would you stop answering? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Even if I was sleeping with him, I'd stop answering. (laughs) But like, like what were the first four messages? The same thing that were the the other. Is she home yet? Oh no. Okay. Tell her I called. Hey, is she home yet? No. Okay. Tell her I called. That's what I'm assuming. What else could you possibly have to say? Like, but why is he so desperate for his attention? Is it just because he's insecure about her feelings for Jess? So, you know, okay, let me let me take it back a little bit. Because I feel like it goes deeper than that. No, I don't think so. No? Hold on. 
Um, so, you know, when Lane and Rory are walking, talking about like Lane's test scores that say she should be a salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> and then they run into Dean. That could come again. Yeah. <laughs> so they run into Dean and Rory's being like very weird. Mm-hmm. Weird. Like she just, she's saying she has to study. Like, when you come, come, come to my game, come watch me play. Ooh, That's like... not interesting, by the way. And pl- by the way, you play softball, not baseball, you little bitch. <laughs> okay. That's kind of, that's kind of, what's the word? That's kind of mean. Like, not mean. Like, what do you imply that, like, softball is for, like, no, girls only? No, I'm just only? implying that I hate Dean. <laughs> All right. Well. No, but so here's Come to my game. What are you, 10? Are, are we in elementary school? But, like, for Come real, watch me play. even then he's taking it too far because she's like, we're going to hang out tonight. Let me go home and study. I was really surprised that Lane didn't say anything. Lane's good at, at keeping quiet, though. Like, I, I think, think so, too, but I think it's a missed opportunity. I think this episode should be called Missed Opportunities. All she said, like, the beginning of the season, she's like, okay, you two are officially sickening. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it, the reason I was surprised is because as a best friend, wouldn't you want to know if something was, like, wouldn't you be all up in your friend's business being like, what's up with you and Dean? Like, what's going, like, wouldn't you want her to know that you're there for her if she wants to talk about it? Yeah. Even if she said no, everything's fine. I feel like at this point, um, for Rory, Dean is like... <laughs> the the bone you don't like the bone you don't pick like don't like that's like the the scab we don't touch well it's... i think it was a missed so here's why i say this episode should be called missed opportunities because i think lane missed a really big opportunity to talk to her best friend about what's going on in her life because mm-hmm. she's clearly not happy yeah okay she's clearly annoyed with her boyfriend <laughs> and it shows and i think when rory comes home and sees that there's 14 fucking calls from dean I think Lorelai misses a really big opportunity to have a very honest conversation with her daughter. Yeah. Because she only touches it on it a little bit. She's like, well, what's going on with you two? No, no, no. Like, I was really disappointed in the fact that instead of encouraging her to, you know, do what she wanted in terms of her relationship, do you want to break up? Like, she could have said, like, what's going on? Do you, are you not into it anymore? No, no, no. She could have said, okay, sometimes things get weird. Like, it's like she's encouraging her to stay with this guy. Yeah. Like, she really wants her to stay with this guy. Whereas any other normal mother, I feel, would be like, yo, your boyfriend called 14 times in an hour. What the fuck is wrong with him? Okay, but later, Lorelai, t- like, when Dean is... A- I have a whole other problem with that, by the way. <laughs> when Dean is washing the car... Oh, mama, jama. Because, I don't know, you have nothing better to do but wait. She was like, oh, wait, outside until she gets home. Like, what? Anyway, she's like, uh... Rory's working on her school project today. So she's like, come in the kitchen. Just come in the kitchen. So she's like, she says something to the effect of, listen, you are, you know, the most perfect first boyfriend any mother could ask for. But like, give her some space. So even before that conversation, the reason I say she's kind of like encouraging her to be good, instead of having an honest conversation with her, she's, she refers back to when you remember Jess came over and they had their big fight. Yeah. And she says to her, you've been good since then. It's, it's like, true. you need her to be good for her boyfriend? It's yeah. just something so iffy. Not iffy. It just doesn't sit well with me. That your mother's kind of encouraging this behavior. Yeah. Like... I feel like if a guy called my house 14 times every 15 minutes on the dot looking for me, my mother would be like, yo, break it off with this guy because he's going to end up like watching you sleep with a knife hovering over you. <laughs> No, come on. Yeah, I know. I agree. Um, and then to go behind your back again and have a conversation with Dean. Yeah. 
And then to lie to your daughter about it, too. It's true. I want to go back to what you said about how she's like, you've been good since then. Yeah. That, like, that to me is just That's like... so... It bothers me so much. And, like, that is just everything that is repressed and wrong about not wrong but like that's just like the 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 rory dean jess love triangle in a nutshell where it's like i'm with dean i don't like jess what What are you talking about it's like i've been good i'm it's it's like it's almost like when you know like when you put like a gay person in conversion therapy and it's like i've been good i haven't had any impure thoughts like it's like the whole catholic religion yeah it's like if you like jess like you're allowed to like him. You're it's allowed not, to. Pers- not, you're allowed to outgrow Dean. But, but here's the thing. That's what I. That's what I mean when I say it's a. It's a missed opportunity. I feel like Lorelai is so clouded by like her judgment is so clouded by the fact that she just doesn't like Jess. Yeah, exactly. That she's encouraging her daughter to stay with someone that her daughter clearly doesn't like anymore. For the record, Lorelai didn't like Logan any any more than she liked Jess in the beginning either. And now she's her grandchild's baby daddy. We don't know that for sure. We do know that. Is there proof? What do you want to fucking DNA test? <laughs> have you have you seen further footage that we that we haven't? Okay, I can me, do math. Me and the fandom. Okay. She um, she does she knows something she's not telling us, you guys. No, I don't. But <laughs> I think I, I deduce. She's shutting me out. Good. <laughs> so, anyways, I thought like I've used the word. <laughs> I've used the word before. I thought it was a violation then, and I think it's a violation oh, now. Oh, definitely. Especially the fact that he goes, don't tell Rory we had this conversation, and she's like, oh, what conversation? Like, fuck you. I know. Now, like, that's the issue. Is that, like... But when but when Rory asks her not to say anything, like the next episode, I think. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about it the next episode. I think then. so. Whatever. But it's just, it's just such a... It's terrible. And then... The last scene is Dean paging Rory. And Lorelai asks, oh, how many is that today? And she's like, oh, just one. And then she's like, it's okay. I already have plans with Lane. I'm not going to call him. We might go to Luke's. Why would you go to Luke's? What are you going to do at Luke's? We just had dinner. No, no, no. Like, let her live. I know. It's b- but and it's then m- he's sitting on the porch. She, she likes Jeff, doesn't she? Well, she sure she doesn't like you. <laughs> It's yeah, like Lorelai just it's, she pisses me off so much in this with this storyline. It's like she goes back and forth so many times. It's like who like whose side are you on? Yeah, for me it boils down to like, do you have your daughter's back or don't you? I don't. I think she does, but like she's also so clouded. I don't think she does. You no, know? she's so clouded by her hatred, like, her her dislike, yeah, her hatred, yeah. But like I was gonna say, her dislike of Jess that like she doesn't like how shall i say she doesn't want to see past like she doesn't want to envision what the future looks like if jess is there so here's the thing i get what you're saying but the reason i say that she doesn't have rory's back Mm -hmm. is because there have been many examples of rory doing something stupid and she's still there yeah you know the whole season end of season four agreed she was still there for her, even though she told her it was shitty. Yeah. But when I talk about Lorelai being childish, this also falls into her being childish. Because you don't like the guy, but he's never done anything bad. Like, mm-hmm. really. Because you don't like the guy, you're going to encourage your daughter to stay with a jackass. True. It happens again in season six, where Rory wants to quit school. You don't agree with that decision, so get the fuck out of my house. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> like, I think in she has her moments where she's a really great mom and she's supportive. She has other moments where she's like a fucking baby. And she's like, no, I don't agree. Out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're glossing over a lot of different details. Oh, obviously, but I'm just saying, it's like, it comes and goes with her. Sometimes no, I'm does. like, you know what? That's a great mom. She has her back, even though, you know, she's, she knows she's screwed up. She has her back. Yeah, so that's what I mean, like... Other times, she's just like, no, mm-mm, not for me. Like, I wonder... We're jumping ahead, but I wonder if when, you know, um, <laughs> when Rory and Dean, you know... Caroodle. Bounce in the bed in season four. <laughs> the bounce in the bed. <laughs> the end of season four. Um, I wonder if, how, like, how Lorelai would have reacted if it was Jess. Like... You know if I mean? she got back together with Jess? Yeah, like if, if she had come home... I don't think she would have been as upset. No? I think the reason she was upset was because he was married. Because he was married? I, you think so? If she, so you think that if he he wasn't married, she'd be fine with it? Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Probably. Like, probably. What the fuck was this question? <laughs> because, and... Mm, uh, because it's... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm asking that because we're gonna, we'll get into it next week because I have... We're, like, I'm, I think I'm kind of clouded by the utter mess that is episode 19. That well, we're... don't, so. don't. Stop talking. Anyway, do we have anything else for this episode? I am good. Um, shall we update them on the bracket? The bracket is being updated. Oh, okay. Which episode? Thank you. Please. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I was suppressing a cough. That's it. Oh, my God. Um, this week, we're going to let you guys vote on 218. So what we just discussed, yes. back in the saddle again, and the other one, 304, one's got class, and the other something. Ah, yes. It's just a long episode title, so I didn't want to write it. Um, <laughs> I was like, no, nobody got time for this. Yeah, okay. Like, that's a difficult one, I think. But, I know. That's uh, the fucking point, yeah. Jeffrey. You, you, you're very good at the matchup, I find. Like, Thank you. So far, I have, I, I have total faith in your judgment on the bracket. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out as they get shorter. As we go on. Yeah. Yes. Um, Before we depart this week, I wanted to give a shout out to our friend uh, Aditi. Who um, has been sending us very kind messages um, over the last few months and just passing along some interesting Gilmore Girls fandom related information. And Modern Family related Yes. (laughs) Yes. They sent us uh, some quotes from Modern Family. For just flicked your yes. fucking hoodie string <laughs> for me. That's my hair flip. <laughs> um, I'm in my hair back. Yes. That was a terrible song. Yeah, go ahead. But that song, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, so they also said that we have very calming voices and that our accents are adorable. Yes. So and then I look at Jeffrey. I'm like, we have fucking accents. <laughs> and also, I'm like, I know I have an accent sometimes. Like I have a little Greek accent that comes out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I guess. Yeah, we haven't spent enough time with international people. Yeah, exactly. And also, thank you very much for calling our voices calming. A, no one has ever described our voices as calming. That. And also, um, we get very loud and passionate here. So the fact that you find this calming is very gratifying. Imagine how loud she is. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I have to give a shout out to um, Julieta, who mm-hmm. messaged us in regard to... Um, our comments, I don't know if it was last week, with the Oedipus Complex with Rory and Lorelai. Yes. So she told us... I sounded very Valley Girl. Like, yes. <laughs> um, so she told us 
that the Oedipus, the Oedipus complex isn't just specific to the father. It could be whichever parent. Whichever parent was um, like a bigger influence, I guess, or a bigger role model. Yeah. So she said, maybe Rory looks for someone like her mother because the Oedipus complex doesn't mean someone like her father. It means more like a father figure. Yeah. And that can be anyone. Mm-hmm. And we know that Lorelai is both the mother and father figure of Rory, so to speak. And she also told us that the theory is very misogynistic. Yeah. Thanks, Juliana. So <laughs> we know. <laughs> yes, misogyny. If there's one thing we can recognize, it's, it's misogyny. Yes. It's a mainstay on this podcast. Yeah, no. But to, honestly, I really appreciated that because you know you learned something new. Yes. So thank you for that, so, Juliana. Please, if you have any, if you have any other comments, you want to correct us on shit. Yeah. If you want to tell us that our voices are soothing, or if you want to, you know, tell us we're, we're problematic and cancel us, we then, know we're uh, problematic. <laughs> you can't cancel this. This is free, bitches. But anyway, if you. Please feel free to contact us. Yeah. How? Where can they find us? I hate when you do this to me because I always get confused. <laughs> Gilmore Girls Podcast. On Instagram. On Instagram and Gilmore Podcast on Twitter. Yes. And Gilmore Podcast at gmail.com if you would like to comment. Or, e- yes. you want or just ask us yeah. something. If you want to email us, you can also message us on Instagram. We should do shout outs all the time. We, well, I feel like we're famous. <laughs> we're not, but I feel it. No, we should we, we should do shoutouts more often because we do, we do get a lot of messages. We do. It's so fun. I love when I love when I post brackets and people like comment on the the story and they're like, "Oh, this one's hard." And I'm like, "Well, you gotta pick. Come on." <laughs> yes, we love the engagement. So I really do. I, I find it really fun. Yeah. So thank you so much for participating with us. Thank you very much, yes. and uh, we'll see you next week. Yes, we'll see you next week. Bye.